Welcome once again to another episode of the Cognitive Bias Podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas. Um, so I just got back from New Orleans. I was at a conference, and a friend of mine was telling a story about how she went into a, uh, a restaurant. It was empty. Uh, just trying to grab a quick bite to eat. And uh, the restaurant was empty, and, you know, one way or another, um, she got into this conversation with the owner, and it was basically along the lines of, look, um, the uh, you're the only one here. Um, the only uh, customer here. Uh, the next person who comes in, I will get you um, uh, some ice. The next customer after that, I will get you a drink. The next customer after that, like I'll get you some more food. Basically, uh, my friend was sort of like the customer that if other customers came in would sort of benefit from that. So every new customer that came in because she was sitting there, uh, she'd get more and more stuff. And this eventually uh, developed into her getting a full meal for free um, out of just being the first one to sit down in there. Um, and uh, so this is an example of uh, today's topic, which is the herd instinct. And this is actually, you know, it's an anecdotal story, but there have been studies that kind of like replicate this behavior that you see, like there'll be two restaurants and one is empty and whichever one you happen to go in, the next person who comes up sees an empty restaurant and in a restaurant with one person in it. So they go to that one and it just keeps, you know, amassing from there the whole nothing attract attracts a crowd like a crowd situation so um uh you see this uh in a lot of different places and part of what's going on here right is uh fear of missing out right like oh well a whole bunch of people are doing this thing i should be doing it too um and this is related to bandwagon effect which was one of our first episodes but uh, i feel like this one is more focused on the behavior of the crowd more than so than like the behavior of the individual um, and another kind of similar example is they've uh, did studies that showed that people prefer to be in stores that have a moderate amount of traffic, right? Not too much, but not too little. And part of that is apparently about not just, you know, being in the store with other people, but being there with other people means you can kind of model their behavior and their purchasing decisions. So it makes it easier for you to make your purchase decisions. Um, so that's kind of interesting. And it's, it's, a, it's a behavior that you see in a lot of different contexts. So sporting events, religious gatherings... Um, there's an interesting um, uh, study around uh, sort of evasion behavior because herd instinct, right, herd behavior, you you know, the phrase itself comes from like herds of animals. That's kind of like what you think of. And there's evasion behaviors you see in animals that are evading a predator where they'll kind of flock one way or another. Um, but you can kind of see this in escape behavior. So if there's some kind of an emergency um, or a reason to, you know, move, get out of a place quickly, Um or even just waiting in line, right? People tend to crowd one exit and ignore the other one. Even if the two exits are kind of equidistant from each other, people just, when they're in a crowd and when they're panicked, just tend to go for the one exit and kind of ignore the other. But you can even see this when you're like, you're waiting in line for stuff. And sometimes people will have to tell you, hey, there are these other lines, you know, available, please go to them. Because people just tend to flock to the line that has the most people. Um, if they don't, if it isn't obvious to them that there's another option. Or if they're not sure, right, like I've seen this behavior in myself, I'll see like one really long line and then one really short line and I'll think, oh, maybe that short line is just for like special customers and I won't go to it when in fact, no, just go there. <laughs> um, anyway, another kind of like famous example of this um, is the uh, the dot-com bubble. You see this behavior a lot in investment um, uh, herd instinct. So the dot-com bubble of the uh, late 90s, early 2000s was investors were throwing money at anything that had E something in the title or dot-com in the title 
you know, just because that was the next big thing and they wouldn't really pay attention to, are they actually making a product? Are they making a profit? Like, do they have a good product? Like, just put .com at the end of your um, business name and, you know, people would just throw money at you. And of course, that failed miserably, but it was that same kind of herd instinct of, oh, well, everybody's throwing money at these .coms. There must be something to it. I'd better do it too. Um, and uh, an interesting variation on this, and I haven't seen any studies on it, but I be very curious to see if anyone has sort of framed it this way. So if you remember the flash crash not too long ago, um, where you had sort of almost uh, artificial intelligence herds that were kind of, you know, following on each other's example, and this, you know, stock was racing to the bottom, and there was no sort of limit on how low you could go. So the AIs just kept basically informa information cascading each other and like just doubling the piling on each other and, and, and mimicking each other's behavior like at super lightning speed so that these things would literally flash crash um i'd be curious to see if that behavior sort of mimicked you know what humans would have done at a slower speed you know had they been the ones actually doing the trading at that point because the whole idea behind the flash crash was that they were they were they were automated trades like the the computers had a set of instructions and they were doing trades based on those instructions incredibly fast but then mimicking each other's behavior to the point where these the, the stocks were just crashing at super lightning speeds um so i'd be curious to know basically if ais are also susceptible to herd instinct um you also see this as the basis for things like brand ambassadors and sort of social media campaigns like why you want you know a brand ambassador someone who's really high profile for your brand is because people will sort of flock to that and when people see people flocking to that even more people will flock to that and it sort of exponentially grows your brand um but there's also this is one of those uh, uh, biases where there's really good and really terrible examples of it, right? Like, it isn't, like, an always a bad thing, um, but it can be an extremely bad thing, right? Like, so the obvious, you know, terrible examples are things like, you know, the L.A. riots or the uh, or lynch mobs, right? Like, incredible violence can be carried out uh, once people decide collectively that this is an okay thing to do. Um, but at the same time, really, really good things, right? People will pile onto as well. So, like, the way Earth Day kind of became a thing was in large part through sort of social campaigns um, or the anti-smoking campaigns. Like, uh, you may not know it, but there was a time when smoking was common. <laughs> Everybody did it. You could go everywhere. And the, um, you know, the tobacco lobbies and the people creating cigarettes were incredibly influential and incredibly powerful. And it was one of those situations. It's sort of like oil companies today. You cannot imagine a time when they would not be dominant. But in fact, we are living now in a time where they are, where the uh, tobacco companies are not dominant. And it's actually very hard to find places you can smoke. But a lot of that came from basically social campaigns and kind of pro-social herd behavior and herd instinct um, as more and more people kind of piled on to this notion of smoking is bad, smoking kills you, tobacco companies are trying to kill you, like <laughs> um, that, but that was not you know, common um, at the time uh, so they can have very positive effects. And uh, things like uh, they've studied this too, so they've looked at um, what motivates people to save energy, you know, and it's not necessarily, you know cost cutting, it's not necessarily trying to do something good for the environment uh, the most powerful motivator in these cases tends to be what are my neighbors doing so there's one study where it's like okay like if we can show you that 77 percent of your neighbors are using fans instead of air conditioning you're more likely to start using fans yourself right that was the thing out of all the other considerations that was the thing that would get people to use fans instead of air conditioners um and another interesting example of this was an anti-teen obesity campaign in Europe and this one particular instance in Catalonia uh, in Spain called Som La Pera 
And the idea was, it was this internal social campaign to um, combat uh, teen obesity in high schools. And when I say internal, I mean that the branding and the logos and all of that was created by the teachers and the kind of brand ambassadors that were kind of, you know, dubbed within the um, within the high school, right? So it was really a locally grown, locally branded campaign, you know, as opposed to something, you know, top down, uh, where the teachers and the students were speaking to each other and kind of, you know, advocating for each other. And that sort of more herd instinct approach to it, you know, proved to be very successful. I'm going to link to the actual like study in the um, show notes on Facebook. So you can kind of see, cause it's a really, really interesting study about how, you know, social media and how the many to many communication we have now has an interesting, I don't know, um, uh, radicalization of the, uh, the herd instinct or accelerant, uh, acceleration of the herd instinct. Um, so anyway, uh, for once we have a cognitive bias that has, good as well as terrible outcomes. Um, so that's, that's refreshing. Um, uh, get out and vote. Um, and, um, uh, I don't know that that's herd instinct exactly, but it's just worth saying anyway, um, on November 6th. Um, other than that, um, uh, that is all for this week. We will see you next week for the cognitive bias podcast. I'm your host, David Dylan Thomas. Thanks. Thanks.